I've, I've been weepy anyway this morning, and Angie asked me, she said, are you going to be all right? Are you going to be able to go today? Are you going to be able to do it? And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, I will, uh, hopefully. And then Tammy shares that story, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this, Lord. Uh, but, you know, that's when God carries us. Have you ever told God, I can't do any? I can't do it. I've been there. I've been there to where I said, Lord, I can't do it. And he, he just, I hear him almost chuckle. And he goes, yeah, Mike, I, I know you can't. And that's why I'm with you, because I can do it through you. And that's when we know that what his grace is sufficient for us, for when we are weak, then he's strong. He's strong. You know, it's, it's not by chance I'm talking about love today. And um, we've been doing this series called Known. And we're known by God, and we're known by our love. And so you got to see a powerful example of that love this past week. Uh, these people are known by that love. And so what we're going to be looking at today, go ahead and if you have your Bibles or get out your phone, uh, you can go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to be looking at only a few verses, uh, four verses in fact, verses 7 through 10. Of 1 John chapter 4. You know, it's kind of crazy. I got these pastor friends, and they're always texting on Sunday mornings, and I get these messages. And, and one of the guys, it's kind of funny, he showed up at church this morning, and there was a snake in the church, a literal black snake. And this was up there at Chip Wheeler. If y'all know Chip up at River he's, uh they had a snake in the church. And uh, he texted out, is this a is this a sign or an omen? <laughs> you know, and it's not every day you go to church and there's a snake in there. And then, you know, a couple of the other pastor's friends, you know how pastors, they were harassing him. And I sent him a text. I said, I always knew it. I knew you were one of them snake handling preachers. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but uh, one of the uh, pastors said, why don't you grab it by the tail and see if it becomes a staff? <laughs> you know, one of these. That's a story in the book of Exodus, by the way. And, you know, Moses had to reach down. And, you know, if you've ever been around a snake, you don't want to grab them by the tail, do you? Because <laughs> you know what's coming around to get you. And so uh, I thought that was kind of funny to, to, for that. So we don't have our building yet, but the, the good news is we don't have snakes in the, in the building here this morning. And so we're off to a good start. But thank you, Tammy, for sharing that story because that was, that was much needed. It fits right in to what we have for today, being known by our love. I'm going to read the scriptures here, and it, beginning in verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Wow. Now, in these four verses, we're going to discover a lot of cool things about God today. And the first thing I want to point out to you today is this. 
Love is who God is. Love is who God is. And we see this here in verses 7 and 8. Love is who God is. The first thing I have for you is this, is that love does not define God. God defines love. And so he starts with a command here, John does, by saying beloved. Beloved is a, a term of endearment, and it's speaking, John is speaking to fellow believers at this point. He's talking to fellow Christians at this time, and he's saying, let us love one another, for love is from God. And so that's where I get this from. Love does not define God. God defines love. And how do we know that? Because it's in God's nature to love. It's, it's the fruit of the Spirit is love. But God's nature is one of love. Now I want to give you um, the meaning of this word love here. In the Hebrew, there are four words that are used for love. And so those four words, the one that we're going to look at today is a word that is agape love. And agape love is God's unconditional love. Okay? This is important because it's important to know this. This love originates from God. You cannot have agape love by being born into a family in the, on, on this planet. Okay? You can't. And so you might be thinking, well, how do you get it? There's, now, there are three types of love that you and I can do without uh, having this type agape love. The three, the three other type is, the first type is phileo. The word phileo means brotherly love. The city of Philadelphia is named after it because it's the, the town of brotherly love. And so it's a friendship type love. And you know, and people can have that. Natural people can possess brotherly love for one another. There's the other type of love that the world thinks love is, and it's, it's called eros, E-R-O-S. And that's from where you hear about erotic. It's a romance type of love. It's a sexual love, a sensual love. And listen, you and I can have that kind of love, but not yet know agape, not, ne not yet know the love of God. There's a lot of people that think that's what love is. <laughs> is that eros type of love, a sensual or sexual love. And listen, I'm glad God gives us all of it, okay? You know, it's a good thing. Eros is good, nothing wrong with it. But eros will not save you. And then there's the other type, which is storge. It's S-T-O-R-G-E. And what kind of love this is, is it is a parental uh, type love. It's a protecting type love. And so that's why um, a mom and dad can love their children. They want to protect their children. They want to provide for their children. And you can have this kind of love and never know the love of God. And so there are some people that get confused about what we're talking about here when it gets down to what is love. And man, you look into the world and you try to get a definition from the world of what love is. And listen, the world's definition has no understanding of what we're going to be discussing here today, and that is agape, God's conditional love. 
And here's the key. He says in this verse, everyone who loves, everyone who loves, what word is he using here? Everyone who loves agape, agape, that's the word he's using. Everyone, underline everyone, you don't, you can't miss this. Everyone who loves, agape's type, God's love, is what? He gives two qualifications for it. Number one, is born of God. Is born of God. So a natural birth does not do it. It takes a supernatural birth. It takes a spiritual birth. That's why in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he told him, you must be born again. You must be born from above. You must have a spiritual birth. Because he said, unless a man is born again, he will not enter into the kingdom of God. So it's one thing to have a natural birth. It's another thing to have a spiritual birth. And this is where he's saying everyone who truly loves has been born from God. Why? Because God defines love. God is love. And here's the next part. And not only is he born of God, a spiritual birth, but he also knows God. Of course, if, if you're born of him, you're going to know him. Why? Because he is your spiritual father is who he is. He is now your personal father. Now, I don't know what kind of relationship you had with your earthly father. You might have had a great relationship. You might have had a good one. You might have had a, a rough one, a tough one. But here's the thing. There's one thing to have that natural, that earthly father relationship, but it's another thing to have God as your in the relationship with the Father. And this word here is interesting. The word knows here it means this. It means a deep, intimate, personal relationship. In other words, it's also the same word that is used for a husband and wife coming together and consummating their marriage. They now are one. They know one another. Okay? So this, this is deep. This is personal. This is intimate. And so everyone, he, John says it this way, everyone who loves is not only born of God, but they know God. The deep, personal, intimate relationship. Now, you know, there are a lot of religious people in the world, aren't there? There's a lot of people that talk about all kinds of religion and, and things along those lines. But this is not a religion. This is a relationship. This is personal. And this is what love's about. You know, one of the clear tell signs and tests to determine if you are truly a Christian is this. Do you love agape? Do you love agape? And listen. You, it doesn't come through the flesh. It doesn't come natural. It comes how? From God. It comes from being born from God. It comes from knowing God. That personal relationship. And you know, that's the whole key. I, if, how will they know that you are truly my disciples? If you have love for God and love for one another. That's how they will know. 
Now, you know, it's real easy to love those that love us, isn't it? Isn't it? It's kind of easy. You know, I, I like people that like me, don't you? Don't you like people that like you? Do you like people that just come up to you and just pour all kinds of praise and compliments your way? Just tell you how wonderful you are? You go, man, I like them. They, they're pretty smart. They got a good head on their shoulders. You know, that's kind of the way you come away with it. Boy, I like them. Yeah. But what's really tough is to love folks that don't like you. That say stuff about you. And insult you. Talk behind your back. And cut you. And wound you. And do all those kind of things. Mm. Oh, no. Well, now, you, you're beginning to preach now, preacher. You're beginning to step on some toes now. Uh, listen, it's real easy to love those who love us. But the challenge comes when you begin to love the way God loves toward the unlovely. Now, let me ask you this personal question. Every person that has been born naturally is in a position and defined this way. They're ugly. They're ugly. They're no good. They're dirty. They're filthy. They're rotten. Do you know that's how the Bible describes every one of us? We're all sinners. We're ugly. We're ugly. We're not pretty. We're ugly from that standpoint. We, we were born in sin, and we can't help but do that one thing, and that is sin, because that's what naturally we do. See, when I have four kids... And they all have taken on my nature. That's to be ugly and mean and selfish and all those things. I didn't have to teach them to lie. I didn't have to teach them to, to hit one another. I didn't have to teach them to do that. It came from my nature. It didn't come from my wife's, okay. It came from mine. No, I'm just, she's in the same boat with me. We both. It doesn't matter how good. There's none good, no, not one. And so just like my kids inherited my nature, and oh, by the way, we all go all the way back to Adam because we're all in Adam. And his nature is one of we're born in sin. So what we must get is a new nature. What we must possess is a new birth. And that's what we're talking about here. So when I now get God's nature is to love. And so now that I know that he's my father, he is love. That's what it says right here in verse 2. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. So he just lays it out right there to us. The one who does not love... There's your test. There's your sign. If a person can, can say, I'm a Christian, but if they don't show this kind of love, agape love, it proves they've not been born from God, and it proves they don't know him. I know a lot of people that are in church that don't love. I've been around them. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. The love of God is not in them. Because if the love of God was in them, 
they would show love. They can't help because that's the nature of the Father. Does this make sense? Just like you and I, the nature of us physically was to sin because we all go back to Adam. But the nature for us to love comes back to the source of love. Where did it originate? Where did that agape come from? It comes from God. He defines it. It doesn't define him. He is love. <laughs> Whoa. Do you know, I believe, one of the most amazing things that I'm going to experience, and you will too, is when we leave this body and we go to heaven. And the very moment, that the very first person we're going to see is Jesus. Don't think it's going to be your relatives and all that. The very first one's going to be Jesus. And what we're going to experience is his love like never before because this body can only absorb so much of his glory but in that moment we will have a glorified body and we'll get to experience and his love is just going to pour through us and in that moment it's going to lift us last uh, Sunday in our small group at our home Miss um, Elizabeth Paradise grandma who was baptized at 92 years old a few weeks ago she said, it doesn't take long to be around someone who has the love of God in them. Because she said, it doesn't take long and you'll begin to hear it. And you'll begin to see it. And you'll begin to sense it. Because your spirit bears witness with it that this person loves God. Have you ever had an encounter with someone before? And you go, man, the love of God was just all over that person. You can't deny it. You just cannot deny it. Does that make sense to you? The question that always comes back to me is, which one are they seeing in me? Are they seeing Adam? <laughs> or are they seeing my father? Truly the love of God. All right, so that's the first thing. Love is who God is. I hope this is helping you because we only got two of them to cover. This is the other side of it. And here it is. Love is what God does. Not only is love who God is, love is what God does. What did God do? It says right here, By this the love of God was manifested in us. I love that in verse 9. That word manifested means to be made visible. In other words, what was once hidden is now being made known. Does that make sense? What was once was hidden is now being made known. This word manifested means to be made known. That God has sent his son. God has sent his, not just son, his only begotten. That word only begotten means unique, one of a kind. Unique, one of a kind. His only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. This is what love does. Love looked down, God looked down, out of love, and he saw how ugly we were. And he saw our condition of our heart. And he saw that our righteousness, as the Bible says, was like filthy rags. And God saw that. And so what did God do about that? 
God made known what love was by sending his son to this earth to come for a reason and a mission, and that is to restore the relationship that was separated. God had to show us what love was, is, and that was represented in his son. Listen, I don't see how a family that loses their, little, their young ones like that move on, but I know that there are repeated stories in history where it has happened numerous times. And I do know that throughout the Bible, one of my heroes is Job. For a man to lose all ten of his children in one day, to lose everything he had in one day, all his possessions, all of his income, all of his resources, and at the end of that day say the Lord gives and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. For a man to be able to do that, there's only one thing that lets me know is that man knows who his God is and that man knows what love is. He knows it. And listen, but what God did is he saw our condition of our heart and he said, I've got to do something about it. I've got to send my one and only. I've got to send and show them what love looks like in person. And he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus. And listen, those that got to see the way Jesus lived, the way Jesus walked, and the way Jesus talked, they got to see what love truly was. And Jesus loved those. He, every, he poured out love. He, he healed. He, he raised the dead. He, he cured the sick. He did all kinds of things. But he also dealt with those who thought they were righteous, who came in their own righteousness, and he pointed out how they were wrong. And that's what love does too. But he modeled. He demonstrated it. And... He was the personification of, what, of who love is. That was God in the flesh. And the Bible says God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. So isn't that amazing? God says, I see your condition. I know you're ugly, but I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to send the one and only who can solve this problem so that you can now know and experience what love is. What love is. And that's what God did in the person of Jesus Christ. Notice in this verse 10, it says, And this, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Isn't that the truth? There's no natural person that's ever been drawn to God. God came to us. There's none who are righteous. There are none who seek him. We didn't love him. We didn't even know what love was. The best that we got to offer is what? Eros, phileo, and, and storge. That's the best we got to offer. But God says, I'm going to do something even greater. I'm going to show you what true love really is. And it's agape. It's my unconditional love for you. And so what it gets down to, church, is this. Folks, is this, and that is this ultimate question, and I close with it. Have I personally experienced this kind of love in my life? Have I personally 
experience this kind of love. Oh, I know what it means to eros love. Oh, I know what it means to phileo love. And I, hey, I, I know the brothers. The brothers, we all love one another. Yeah, we love. But have I experienced agape? Agape, God's love. Because see, the telltale sign is I've been born. I've been born of God, and I know him. And I'm going to tell you, once you've experienced his love, there is no other love like it. There's no greater love. There's nothing like the love of God. Because the love of, of God forgives us when we don't even need to be forgiven. It loves us when we're so unlovely. Someone we were talking about the other day, and they, they were just, we said this, you know, the fact that there's one way to salvation uh, was was narrow-minded but the truth came back is the fact that there is a way to God is an act of love God demonstrated his love to do something about it to provide a way for me and you so the question is does this describe you do people see that love in you because you can't fake it and you can't hide it it's the love of God you can't manufacture it. There's nothing a part of you that naturally can ever show this to a world. But when it's in you, you can't hide it because it's the love of God. And when others see it, they can't deny it because they go, how can that person be that way? How can they not hate God? It's because they know the love of God. How could Job not hate God? What do you mean taking out my ten kids? What do you mean taking everything I've ever had? I am a self-made man. This was my family. Why would you do that to me, God? Hmm. God looks down and says, Job, where were you? Where were you when I hung these stars on nothing? Where were you? Oh, <laughs> what are you going to say to God then? What are you going to say? We're not talking about, oh, this is somebody when I need them type God. We're talking, this is holy, almighty, the creator of all. And he's love. He's love. Have you experienced that love? Because if you've had, my friend, it's going to change you. It's going to change you. And then the last part, am I known by that kind of love? Am I, am I demonstrating that kind of love to others? So that when somebody sees that in you, you know what? You know you can't take the credit for it, don't you? <laughs> you the first thing I try to always do is not take the credit for the love of God. Because I always say, listen, if you only knew, if you only knew, <laughs> listen, I don't have to prove you. How many of y'all would want to be uh, trying to run for Supreme Court of the United States of America? How many of you in this room would like to have all your past exposed? Well, guess one day it's going to happen for those. It's going to happen that you're not going to stand before man. You're going to stand before Almighty God. Won't be probate judge Tammy Brown because... 
She's already told me, I can't get off. If I'm guilty, I'm guilty. She's not letting me off with a ticket. Amen. And I've already paid the ticket. Amen. I was guilty. I was speeding. But the day's going to come where every person will stand before the judge, the almighty, holy, all-seeing, all-knowing God. And you know what? I am so glad he's already seen me and he knows how I, how, what kind of person I was. And I told him, I know I need you. I know I need you. I need your love. I need your grace. But he saw you and I in that condition and he did something about it. The key is having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because there's two kind of people that are on, there's, there's two judgments. One's going to be a great white throne judgment where everybody's going to be uh, judged on their works and they're going to be seen as falling short and guilty. You don't want to be at the great white throne because everybody's guilty. The other one is the judgment seat of Christ. When you and I will not be judged for the sins that we've ever committed. Because why? They've already been nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. They've already been taken out of the way. So if you're standing before the hearing, all your sins, past, present, future, have been covered by the blood. Can anybody say amen to that? So that everything bad about you, I will never know. Because Jesus said, Father, I've taken care of that. It's covered. Ooh, I like that. The other part will be for those that are not covered. They will be exposed, and they will be proven guilty. It's as simple as that. So what can change it all? This right here, the love of God. God did something about it. The question is, are we demonstrating it and have we received it? Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for every person that's here to hear it today. And thank you for those that will listen to it later on. Father, I am so thankful that you saw me and you saw my condition and you did something about it you sent your son Jesus to take care of all of my flaws and weaknesses and my failure and most of all is known as sin and thank you Jesus that you who knew no sin became sin on that cross thank you that you took my sin and you wiped it away and oh Lord what a savior you are and Father, today, in this room, if there's someone in this room that has never, ever experienced that love, Father, I pray that right now that they would realize their need for you. And not only realize that need, but God to respond to your love and say, God, I know I've sinned. And right now, today, I realize it in the deepest of ways and right now in this moment I ask you to come in and take over my life forgive me of my sin and 
make me be born of you. God, I want to be born of you, and I want to know you. It's as simple as that. I want to be born of your spirit, and I want to know you as my personal heavenly father. God, there's nothing greater than giving a son for someone else. Hmm. Lord, I have three sons, but I don't know if I could give them for anybody. And I thank you, I don't have to. Because you, who are love, gave the greatest thing by sending your son. That's love. And friend, if you've ever doubted the love of God, I pray that his love would just pour over you right now.